In today's episode of the podcast, we are going to be starting off the new year with a three-part series. As I started thinking about all the things that I've been learning about listening and the vital role it has in creativity, as well as just a healthy life that's lived to the fullest, there's so much to share. So in today's episode, we will be doing part one of this series on listening, and I hope that you will tune in to all three because I'm sure it's going to be a hard lesson to learn in today's world, but absolutely vital. You're listening to the Growing Creative Podcast, and I'm your host, Jane Boutwell. I'm an artist and a creative coach. This is a space that will nurture your heart and empower you to pursue your creative calling, whatever that may be. We're going to talk about building a life of listening. It seems appropriate to me in the season that I'm in, what I call the winter doldrums. Christmas has come and gone, and it can sometimes feel like nothing's happening. It's often a time we want to kick the new year off with new habits, but what I've discovered is we don't have the energy yet that the spring brings. However, when we feel January-ish, which I think should be an adjective, the winter joldrums are a really great time for listening, for listening to what those new things might need to be that can come with burst of energy. I'm going to share today about why to listen, why that's so vital and important. Our next episode will be some tips I've learned that can help us do the how, how to listen better, how to incorporate that practice into our life and grow in that way. And then we'll also, in the third part, get into a little bit of the what to do when we're listening for something and we don't feel like it's coming. The answer doesn't show up. So I want to start this thought with a dream I had this summer. You know how you have those dreams that it's like on repeat, you know, it's this kind of scene that keeps coming and playing over again. There's a theme throughout the dream and almost a phrase begins to develop in your head and you wake up and it's like tombola, tombola, tombola. (laughs) That's the word that I had at least when I woke up this summer after dreaming And I don't even remember the details of the dream, but that's the phrase or word that I had in my mind. I think we were at the beach and there's a sandbar and there was, you know, a lot of discussion and action around this, but it was just impressed on me so much so that when I woke up, this word was ringing in my ear. Uh, I've learned to take note when there's something in my dreams that feels I wake up with it impressed on me. And sometimes it seems so random you could shake it off, but I've learned to write it down and kind of hold it in my hands as a conversation starter for me and God. A lot of times the answer's not right away. There's a lot of times some curiosity about what could this mean. I'm bringing up this random dream with Tombola because I think it has really played out in my life over the last months, this kind of growing Thing. So 
let me explain first what a tombola is. Some of you may know, and some of you might be thinking, is that a person's name? What on earth? Okay, so a tombola is a landform. And I first learned about it because a friend of mine would go to this beach and the beach was eroding where they would spend time with their family over the years. There was just less and less sand. In fact, it got to the point where the condo building had water washing up into the parking garage. And it's alarming to have the ocean kind of eating away at this space you've played with your family and enjoyed. And the building itself becomes a coastline. But they knew that that beach erosion would stop because they knew that what was happening was a tombola was being formed. A tombola is a landform where sand gets shifted from one place to another. So there often becomes a bridge. Maybe there is an island that's off the edge of a landform and Eventually, sand starts washing in and filling in that section of water between the island and the mainland, and now there is a sandy bridge that connects the two. Well, it doesn't come from nowhere. It is taken from another place. So I woke up with this word tombola in my head, and I'm holding it as this curiosity, you know, what's that about? Why? And it really struck me that If we want to be able to go to new places and have this kind of bridge that can take us to this place we can envision, maybe for me, it's a lot of creative ideas of things that I want to make or see come to be. And it struck me that the bridge that will take me there, it's going to come from a washing away of other places and eroding of other places. I am a limited creature, not an infinite being. And so the time it will take for one thing to be done is going to have to come from time being taken away from something else. And it's really hard to take time away or to let go of things. At least it is for me. Maybe, maybe I'm the only one. <laughs> so I had this beginning of this seed of an idea, um, Tombola, the random dream in the summer. And then this developing tension with my husband over the amount of clutter that our house had been gaining, like, you know, those pounds you don't notice until all of a sudden you can't zip your pants up anymore. That's kind of like what it's been like in our home. You know, during the pandemic, we didn't have as many opportunities to host people. So there wasn't really that need to keep things tidy. And uh, I've been busy working on art projects and uh, learning new things and homeschooling at times with the kids and stacks of clutter. And, you know, with four kids, there's always new things coming in our house and it had become unmanageable. So we spent this season clearing out, just cleaning up, getting rid of things because there's only so much you can clean up without having things eliminated. And it's been a real struggle for me. I've finally gotten to the point where I could vocalize some of the things that have held me up with that. And maybe I'll go into that another time. But usually there is an emotional thing that's stuck, (laughs) that's making it hard to do some of these tangible physical things. But what I've been learning and growing in is realizing that there is an opportunity cost. I overheard my kids listening to Greenlight. It's this financial 
app with a little card that our kids now can use like a debit card. And it has a training for kids teaching them financially healthy choices, how to manage money, etc. So I overheard my son listening to it and it was teaching about opportunity cost. How if you buy the ice cream today, it means you lose the opportunity to buy the thing you really need or really wanted next week. If you'd make one choice, let's see, the opportunity cost definition is the loss of potential gain from other alternatives when one alternative is chosen. So I've been learning the opportunity cost of keeping all the things that I feel too guilty to get rid of. There's an opportunity cost. I lose the ability to have a home that's more peaceful to be in, less things to clean up, more space to have just the things I really love within plain sight instead of buried under things that I don't really love. The opportunity cost with our choice to not have silence is we don't get to listen and hear the things that really matter. So all of this sharing of my journey and the things I've been learning is getting us to this lesson, this point that I really want you to hear, that listening is so vital to making authentic creative work that grows out of your story and your connection. For me, it's my connection with God and what He could speak through me, the kinds of things that could really have a deeper life and a deeper message. It requires listening, and we're listening for something that is quiet, whispery, (laughs) It's small little details you might not notice at first. It requires silence. I was really impacted by a statement that Scott the painter made. He makes work that is very powerful, visual uh, metaphor. And he said once, I take dictation from silence. And it struck me how little I have silence in my life. I don't know if you have ever read any of the stuff on noise pollution, but it's a real issue. We have a lot of sea creatures dying, a lot of health issues for humans that are caused by noise pollution. I think I read something like one-fifth of all Europeans have enough noise just at night as they're sleeping to cause health issues. We live in a world that is noisy and getting noisier, not just the audible sounds of machinery, but the visual stimulus of constantly moving digital screens. And all of that noise is taking our attention away from the things that really matter. There's a quote from Madeline L'Engle. Her book, Walking on Water, has been profoundly impactful for me, and I highly recommend it. At the very beginning of the book, she starts talking about how important it is to take time to be. She says, when I'm constantly running, there's no time for being. When there's no time for being, there is no time for listening. She talks about how hard that was for her, and Two people had given her posters, two different posters that year and how important it was to hear the lessons of those. One poster had a scene and the words on it were, listen to the silence, stay open to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then the other one was, slow me down, Lord. 
I have been hearing that invitation over and over again over the past year. Slow down. You don't have to race from this to this to this. Slow down. Learn a new pace that's friendly and kind and leaves time for listening. I want to share another writing that I read the other day in the woods. I've been with great effort growing in my ability to take some time away and have silence. And the way I do that best is outside of my home because there are usually a lot of people and distractions in my home. So I have made a commitment to take one long walk, at least an hour in the woods once a week. And sometimes I bring my sketchbook or journal and sometimes something will come that I will write down or draw. Sometimes it's just playing with the rocks in the sand by the lake. Sometimes it's picking up leaves like a kid, but it's just a time to be with God and the woods that he made and listen. All that to say, I will sometimes bring along something to read if I'm having a trouble just starting with nothing. So I'll read one poem that kind of is like a conversation starter. And this is the one I opened up to the other day, and it's by Lucy Shaw. She is one of my dearest friends in the poetry world. You know, she doesn't know me, but we are great friends. This poem is Overleaf. After a breathless dawn, the wind blows free, upturns the silver poplar leaves. They glance, pale faces, restless, up and down the tree. Like poplar leaves, the words within me dance. But does some secret hope pervade my heart? And might I be content for youth to play its part, then reach its nadar at the end of fall? Perhaps my words glisten against their will. Soon will their transient luster turn to yellow, a gold, translucent foil, enough to fill the cracks of footpath, hill, and rocky hollow. Come, fall, word-weary minds dream of recess, the lightness and the light of leaflessness. I have begun over the years to make friends with the leaflessness of winter. It used to feel like a threat, like bones of dead trees above me. (laughs) And it's amazing how I've begun to delight in this season when I can see the structure. All the fluff of the leaves is gone and I can see the shapes and how the different lines on different types of trees are silhouetted against the sky. The star-like polka dots of sweet gum trees are so decorative in the wintertime. I've begun to love how I can see more of the sky in the winter because of the leaves not casting their shade. Appreciate the warmth when it's cold, of course. But there is, there's a lightness and light streaming in when there's leaflessness. I find that poetry... When I give it time, when I can sit with it, a lot of times reading it out loud helps too. It can kind of teach my hearts in a way that directive words straight on might cause me to put defenses up. The poetry kind of can sink in. I'm going to read this one more time because I think that hearing it twice can help. I'm thinking about how she 
is full of words, just like I'm full of ideas. Or maybe it's the words of this has to be done. That has to be done. What about this? What about this? Remember this. Don't forget this. Or maybe it's the words of incessant audiobooks or podcasts or music that we constantly have in our ears with our ear pods or our radio in the car. Always going, always going, words everywhere. And is there some part of us that longs for the, the quiet to come? I love also that she talks about letting the words of youth play their part. And eventually, as she's writing in her 90s now, soon her words will turn to gold like an autumn, uh, something a translucent foil, and they'll fill in the cracks of a footpath. To me, I think about how she will no longer be making words, but she'll let the words of the past live on beyond her and light the path for others to follow. Part of listening is choosing to trust, choosing to trust that what we have done will be enough, will be more than we think it can be. And we can trust that resting is not wasting the opportunity for doing more. It's creating opportunity for more powerful action in the future. All right, I'm going to read this last part of the poem one more time for you. Perhaps my words glisten against their will. Soon will their transient luster turn to yellow, a gold, a translucent foil, enough to fill the cracks of footpath, hill, and rocky hollow. Come, fall. Word-weary minds dream of recess, the lightness and the light of leaflessness. I can only imagine that your heart does whisper quietly to you that silence is golden, (laughs) that having a moment of quiet and nothing would be so nice to have. I hope that I've kind of ignited a desire for that, kind of shared a little bit of why it's needed and why it's worth it. I hope that after this podcast is over, you'll turn off your listening device and give yourself a moment of silence to let things land to just like a pond without wind blowing, without anything happening. You can watch the ripples of that one pebble that just dropped. You can watch it move across without doing anything in stillness. You can just see what's there. We have to trust that something within the silence is worth finding. And I hope that you can make some space for silence and kind of discover the truth that there is something worth finding. I'm going to talk in the next episode about how sometimes we don't want silence because we're afraid of what we'll hear. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But I just want to leave us today with one last reading. This is by Strawn Coleman. He writes on the Commoners Communion. He shares poetic prayers. He's also just releasing his first book of prose, Essays on Beholding, a type of prayer with God where we don't have to fill it up with words, but we just sit in companionable silence at times. It's a really powerful book, and I so highly recommended. I took Zoom classes with Strawn during this pandemic, and a lot of what I've learned about the power of silence and the beauty of connecting with our maker through more quiet space 
has come from Strawn. So I thought it appropriate to end this episode with his words. You, Holy Spirit, are a whisper. A frequency so humble that our city noise would drown you out, but for desperately longing hearts. Do you have a desperately longing heart to connect with something bigger than yourself, something full of beauty and love that could shine through you if you make space for it? You, Holy Spirit, are a whisper, a frequency so humble that our city noise would drown you out, but for desperately longing hearts. May you find a few spaces even if it's just one minute on the timer to sit with nothing on the agenda but silence. Till next time, keep growing creative. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I feel honored to think of you spending this time with me. I hope that you'll share the podcast with a friend. If you feel like it's worth your time listening in, maybe they'd enjoy it too. If growing authentic creativity and developing more sustainable creative practices and rhythms is something that you want more of, or you're interested in the art that I make, I'd love it if you would subscribe to my email newsletter. Another way to get a little more personable is to connect on Instagram. I enjoy showing up from time to time in Instagram stories and just sharing behind the scenes and moment by moment thoughts throughout my life as a creator. And I'd love to get to know you more and hear from you. So reach out anytime through email or through Instagram DMs. And I would like to thank the sound editor for this podcast, Shepard Martin. And the music is by Sad Moses. Once again, keep growing creative.